All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. John Scott and Tim Wersberger. Tim, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Um, good. So far. So far. Um, it's a very strange time in the country right now. Very, very weird. In the whole world, really. Went to Costco the other day. Was it a madhouse? They were there was a guy protecting the toilet paper who worked at Costco saying you can only have one. You may have one. No way. Toilet paper roll. Was it like crazy lines and, and crowds and stuff? Not not that bad a few days ago, but my buddy on my men's team went today and he sent a picture and it was just like 40 carts in a row waiting to check out. Just well, all panicked. Well, that's the thing. Like, even, I mean, day by day, hour by hour, the story's changing. And like, even from last night to today, it's just crazy how much has changed. Um, it's a story that's going to keep changing so quickly so rapidly you know we have friends that traveled earlier this week when this was still you know on the radar but not a big deal and now it's like are they even going to be able to come home you know are they going to get quarantined somewhere it's just it's crazy how quickly things are are changing and evolving yeah it is an ever ever moving thing and i don't think it's nearly the end of it i think this is this is going to get a lot worse before it gets better i think so too my personal opinion i'm not a doctor but who knows so anyways how does this affect hockey it's. I know. I'm sure it's been beat to death on all the, the radio stations and the blogs and the articles. But we wanted to dive in a little bit deeper. You know, obviously the season is suspended, indefinitely for, who knows when? At least a month, I would think, if that incubation period is two weeks to three weeks, like the doctors are saying. So they can't really resume play, at least for three weeks to a month. That is, I think, a no-brainer. So that puts you. Into April, the season's almost over. The season ends the second week of April. Second or first week of April, I believe. What happens? What are the next steps? What is going on at NHL headquarters now? Who, How are they planning for life after coronavirus? I know during the lockout, when I was involved, they, they had a, a date set. If we don't sign a deal by this point, the season is lost. So I'm sure... The powers that be are scrambling to try to figure out what is the last possible day 
we can stretch this to before the whole season is lost. And if we do hit that date, what do we do? This is uncharted territory. Do we just roll right into playoffs? Because more than likely, this virus, we will have a handle on it. This is just a sense I'm getting. I'm, I've been trying to do some research on it. We will have a good handle on it within the next month, a month to a month and a half. That's based on what happened in China, how they're handling it, their you know number of people getting infected to not getting infected, this and that. The, the bell curve that they have, the, theirs is on the decrease. And that's about three months from start to finish. And they're, you know, that's the epicenter. So I feel like here maybe that might be a little bit shortened, especially now that they've literally shut everything down. No traveling, no big groups, no sporting events, no anything. It's it's really, really shut down the whole country. So what happens? What do you think, Tim? Do you roll right into playoffs? Do you just forfeit the rest of the regular season? And where do we sit now? Those are the teams that make it in. I think you do go right to the playoffs. What, what, what I would love to see, and I think fans would love to see it, going doing the baseball method. And Playing look, game. Yeah, the 8-9 seeds, one game for that last playoff spot. I mean, how amazing would that be to watch? That would be unbelievable. But then that just opens up Pandora's box. So what if the ninth seed has 86 points and the 10th seed has 85 points, but the 10th seed has two games in hand? Yeah, there's a lot of what ifs and I should have been there. You should have been there. I don't like this. I would love to see that because as it stands right now, the eighth and ninth. What are the eighth and ninth scenes looking like? The eighth seed in the east is Carolina. The ninth seed is the Islanders. That would be an unbelievable playing game. How fun would that be? But the Islanders like. See, the Islanders have two games in hand, and they're only one point behind them. So the Islanders would be like, well, we would have made it in if we would have played those two games. In the West, we'd have Nashville playing Vancouver. Again, Minnesota's only one point behind. It's just there's so many unknowns. They could have a tournament, the bottom four teams, (laughs) the two wildcard teams and the two teams below them have a little play-in tournament. Single elimination. That would be so fun. But they can't do it. You, You would have to take the top eight. I think that would be the only way to go about it. Yeah, because it's more than just the hockey. You think about like, the logistics, the planning, the concessions, the employees, like the scheduling, this whole thing. It's just, it's not something you can just quickly throw together. It's going to be just – I mean, we're in uncharted territory here. No one has a clue what's going to happen next. It's a lot of uh, you know best guesses, and I don't think – like you said, it's just it, it's fun for us fans to speculate about, but there's no way they can, they can really pull something like that off. I don't, it I don't is, think. I know. It really is. And who knows even if the states will allow them to play. Right, You know, di- different states have different rules. I know Michigan, we just shut everything down, but other states are still, you know, going to school, doing other things. My alma mater, Michigan Tech, they beat Northern Michigan last weekend in the playoffs. They were all fired up. They were heading down to Ferris State for their second-round playoffs. They canceled their whole NCAA season. The poor seniors, Alex Smith, he played his last game without even knowing it. A triple overtime win at Northern Michigan, which is not a bad game to have be your last game but when you're still preparing to play like that's a big hit to be a senior thinking you're advancing in the playoffs and all of a sudden you're the rugs pulled out from underneath you and you're like you're done that's it buddy your career's over like that's kind of a big deal i mean yeah the videos are starting to come out too of like you know the high school and college teams being told 
by the coach that the season's been canceled, the tournament's been suspended. I mean, my high school basketball team was supposed to play at the TD Garden this week for their either state championship or league championship. Not going to happen. They're awarding their both co champions of the Atlantic Division or whatever. It's it's devastating for the seniors, you know, that not to know that you played your last game. Um, and it's really kind of and think about the NHL level. It's just how many guys unknowingly have played their last game that are you know you know they're closing on forty and or you know, a prospect who was called up for the first time or who's, you know, who's going to get his short window and then, you know, you don't know how the dominoes are going to fall. He might never get another call up again. Yeah, we were just chatting. We we just talked to Ryan Miller. And he was, and I asked, I was nervous to ask him this question. I was like, what if that was your last game? Like, what what happens then? And he's like, I know, I, I've been thinking about that. It's kind of a weird thing to think about. I'm processing. He's a very introspective person. So I, I can't imagine being at the level that he's been at and you know he's trying to advance his career and prolong it and then all of a sudden your last game you didn't even realize it you know like it's it's a very strange thing patty marlowe gets traded to pittsburgh he's like this is my chance you know this is great no like this season's over you i don't think I don't know. I honestly don't think they're going to extend the season in the playoffs. I think they'll just shut everything down. I didn't even think about him. Poor Patty. The guy yeah. cannot catch a break. Like, just like he's on a contender now, and then boom, sorry, your season's over. And even if they do continue the season, he has lost a month of just gelling and getting to know those players and how they play. That's a big deal. Like, well, that's, that's a part really of it, deal. too, is like it's not just the games that are being canceled right now, practices are canceled training, all that stuff, workouts are all canceled. So even if we do go right to the playoffs, the guys, you know, you can work out at home, but it's not the same as playing a month of games. Like, they're not going to be in game shape. Yeah, I've been talking to players, and what I've gathered is they're just in the dark. They don't know what's going on. They've been told, go home, take care of yourself, make sure the family's good, stock up on food, and just kind of – we're playing a wait and see. Because I don't think the NHL knows what to do. Right. They are – in a lesser extent, just kind of piggybacking what the NBA does, I think. The NBA canceled, the NHL canceled. The NBA went no fans, NHL went no fans. They they are just kind of waiting and seeing and just reacting to what is going on, which is the right thing to do. Obviously, the NBA, that commissioner seems to know what he's doing, but who knows? Like, And there's big ram- ramifications that come from this that – I think people don't really understand other than just losing a season. The biggest part of revenue for the NHL comes in the last month of the season. There's eyes on the teams. The rinks are full. They get so much money in that last quarter. It's just, I can't imagine if losing that, that affects next year's salary cap. That affects the hockey related revenue. That affects escrow. That affects everything. The player's escrow is based on how much money the owners lose. If you take out the last part of the season, the owners are losing massive amounts of money. I know they have insurance, but the insurance companies are going to be hard-pressed to be paying out a ton of money, especially at a time like this. It's just there's a lot of moving parts going into this. I don't know. I don't know. Does the salary cap next year, everyone's talking about $80 million, Does it? Does it hit that? I know the Canadian dollar is tanking because of this. The Canadian teams drive the hockey-related revenue in the NHL. The Leafs, the Canadians, the Canucks, the Oilers, like all those teams make the most. When when there's a list at the end of the season, the top 31 teams, it, you you rank them. Who made the most money down to who lost the most? Those seven Canadian teams are always in the top 10. 
always. And then it goes down. The bottom five are always your Arizonas, your Floridas, your Carolinas. Those teams are always in the bottom. The Canadian teams are always in the top ten. The Bruins are always up there. The Rangers are always up there. So to lose those teams, to have the Canadian dollar tanking, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. The NHL is one of the only league leagues that depends on the gate. They depend on fans coming through the door. They depend on those ticket sales. Other leagues, they have massive sponsorship deals. They have massive TV deals. The NHL isn't lucky enough to have that. They rely on their fans a lot. And to lose that chunk of the season is massive. It's absolutely – so that's the business side of it. So so can you explain that a little more too? Like how does that, what you just talked about, impact next year's salary cap? Like what's the, what, what does the math come out to? So every year the players vote on a growth growth factor. It's 5%. And if the league's doing well, if we're gaining money, you, you um, enact the growth factor, which means you take 5% of the previous year's salary cap and you add it on. So this year I think the salary cap was $73, 74000000 million. I think it's like more that. than that. So – the growth cap would have put it at 80, 82 million. And usually the players just enact that because the previous year did it for you. And it's like, okay, it's more money in the system. Life is good. But if that HRR isn't high enough, that 5% isn't going to be there, right? The 5% might only be an extra million dollars on the cap. So that affects a lot of people. That affects GMs who are expecting the salary cap to be 82, 83 million. So it's 81 and a half now. I think the number was supposed to be like 83. There it wasn't supposed to be a huge jump, but now they're going to be even possibly go down. It might even down. be flatlined yeah. or even down. So that affects massively GMs who, like GMs, they plug that into their numbers. Like, okay, we're losing this guy. We have this much money. It, it, is, a, it is a big deal to lose $2 million here and there. Like that's a player. That's, that's a, a fourth line guy. That's a second line guy. That's, like that's a lot of money. And when you're trying to budget for next season, you budget for the first two lines, and this is this is how it's worked out because of this salary cap. You pay the first line a ton, and then you kind of fill out the rest of your roster. And then the, the bottom two lines inevitably end up making league minimum. That's just how it's worked out. There's no middle class in hockey anymore. It's either upper class or two million and lower. Like there's no guys making three, four, five million. As as it was in, I don't know, 20 years ago. There's sure there's some guys, but there's not as many as there was like 20 years ago. It's just it's just how it works. And it's a, it's a big deal. It's a big concern. So who knows? I don't like it. And then if the playoffs is lost too, that affects revenue. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy because the playoffs absolutely do count towards the revenue, the bottom line. With, including the salary cap for yes, the following season? Like it, it all is encompassed into one thing. So, man, it is um, – it's crazy. It's crazy. And then I, I, I was just – we were batting around ideas. Those teams that loaded up for the playoff run, yeah, those teams that went all in, like, listen, this is my year. Tampa Bay gave up two first-rounders to go get that Coleman and Gaudreau. If this season is shot, they lose two, two first-rounders. Edmonton Oilers gave up a ton for the guys that they got. Carolina went out and sold some first-rounders to get some defensemen. Yep. The Islanders went and got Pajot for a, a ransom, like a first-rounder, a second-rounder, a second. Like, they gave up a ton of stuff, too. Like, that affects everything. Is there some givebacks? Like, you know, I, I didn't get my player. I need some givebacks. You know, maybe you give me back a few draft picks. I don't know how this plays out because those teams are just looking at Bettman like, hey, man, you screwed me. Like, let's let's play the playoffs. This is our year. We're all in. I have three guys who are going to be free agents next year, and I need to have a playoff run here. Right. You know? Like, this is my year. Tampa Bay, this is their year. 
this is their year to make a run for it. And they, they went all in. And now they're just getting hosed because of this coronavirus. It's it's funny how it works out. If, if you're a guy who gets called up, I'm sure we could look it up. You got called up last week. Coronavirus, they, they halt everything. I don't know if they've frozen the rosters. Do you get to stay on the NHL roster for the rest of the year? Do you make that NHL money? You know, there's these little things. The people who work at the rink, they don't get paid. There's a lot of moving parts in there. It's just very, very, very strange. It's unknown. If I was a player, I'd just be like, man, as long as I'm getting paid every two weeks. Well, it's it's um, it's the families, too. It's, it's the fans on a much smaller scale. But they have, they make some big investments to go to these games. Season tickets for, like, a working family. That's just, you know, that's their that's their, their way to treat themselves for the year. The super fans. Do they fans. get refunded? Yeah, well, I, I would imagine there's going to be some program set in place once the dust settles. But then you even have, like I saw this on, anecdotally on Twitter, someone had flown in like internationally to catch a game, like first ever, you know, whatever Rangers game, and obviously the game wasn't held. So they're probably out a couple grand for this Who's whole vacation. Accountable? Like, yeah, how do you recoup that money? It's not the Rangers' fault, right? I don't know, Tim. I really don't know. Did you? I- did you see? Uh, so obviously the NBA is closed down too, but Mark Cuban is is kind of setting the standard where he's going to pay his team or pay his his employees to make sure they still like most of them are just they're not salaried employees they're working hourly and he's he's going to make sure they're taken care of and he said he might offer like you know make sure you do like whatever twenty hours a week of volunteering in exchange so put a little good back out there but he's I don't know how many other owners or GMs will follow suit if they can afford to do it. In this situation, but hopefully more follow that because some Bruins of the owner won't. Jeremy Jacobs, not <laughs> he a will chance. not. He's the cheapest owner in the league. He will not. That um, guy. But it, the, the same thing happened during the lockout where these people depended on this income, and the lockout comes, and now they're out of a job. So some owners will. I would say most won't. Sadly, yeah. but yeah, Kevin Love, the basketball guy, just donated a hundred grand to all the um, arena workers. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's just. Uh, it is what it, it's just very strange. It's a little scary. How are how are you and your family kind of preparing? How are you handling all this stuff? I'm more of the thought process like we're fine. You know, we're fine. And then once it hits in Traverse City or close to us, I'm sure we'll start to panic, but yeah, like we we have a family vacation plan for Scottsdale. We're still going. We're not flying, we're driving. So I envision we'll just kind of hammer out a quick drive down there and just bunker up in the house and swim the whole week and then come back. That's that's the plans right now, but I don't know. I don't know. It's a very scary situation. If it gets out of hand, we won't go, but it's bizarre. It's weird to go out in public and not have any people out because people are literally just staying home. Like you, your, your office, you're doing remote, working remote, right? Yeah, our office just went 100% remote starting Monday, effective uh, for who knows how long. It's not going to be like a one or two week thing. We're talking at least a month, maybe two, until this whole, you know, the smoke clears. We've got a lot of people with young kids. And that's the other thing, like, p- parents need to work from home because their kids are being sent home. Every school is closing, including every, any area, really, at all. Um, and how are they supposed to provide for their families if they're, like, you know, making a minimum wage or an hourly worker who's not still getting paid, who can't doesn't have a job they can work from home at? Um, it's going to be, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered and there's still, we're all just kind of still in the dark here. Fortunately for me, I'm a single guy and I can just, I'll be just fine. But sitting on a pile of money. I don't know about that, but I don't have anyone to take care of. But I mean, I mean, like, look at you, you've got five or six people you got to provide for and and who knows how long that, that, uh, stash you got 
last down in the basement all your all your your stocked up food items and canned goods and stuff. Four days. Four, yeah. That's it. Well, that's that's the other thing people were saying was like it's not the daycare cost. It's like if you have the kids at home, they go through so much food if they're home all day. Just all the snacks. Like you don't you don't realize that. I stress eat when I'm stressed. Yeah, I'm and you're bored. And I'm bored. But, right. It's just, it's just boxes of cheese. It's just disappearing left and right. Yeah, it's um, we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens. But I think the most important thing: the league made the right decision shutting down. I think that was a no-brainer. They could have did it a little bit earlier. I know Ryan touched on that. I was kind of surprised he said that. Like maybe they should have shut it down a little bit earlier than they actually did, instead of trying to set games or no fans. Like that was never going to work. That was kind of a pie in the sky idea, but. Ideally, this is my hope. A month from now, everything is kind of on the downhill. Everything's starting to the the smoke is clearing. You know, we got a handle on this virus. The league comes back on. They have two weeks of condensed games where they play eight games in two weeks, and they kind of sort this thing out. And they play it just in division in conference games so they're not traveling all over the country and they just almost have a little little league world series to try to get into the playoffs where they just play guys in your conference a few times each and then away we go for playoffs i think that would be exciting it would be appropriate it'd be easy on travel it would be something easy you could set up you know Toronto just plays in their conference they play Boston they play Buffalo they play Ottawa they play Montreal you play those teams a couple times and then we're off to the races for the playoffs. I think that would be the easiest thing to set up. It would be the most exciting for fans, and it would be the most fair for everyone involved. I think that would be a nice system. You know, you're not traveling over the country. You're st- and then, yeah, if, if you still are worried, you don't open up the rinks to fans. You play with just essential staff. You play those games. Maybe have a few thousand fans in the, in the audience, if that. And then you go from there because and then you can extend the playoffs like you don't have to start the playoffs the second week of April. You can start them in May and extend the season a little bit if you need a little bit more time. That's not unheard of. I know they did that with the lockout where they just pushed the season back a little bit. That's not far fetched. So do you think that's you think that's a good idea, Tim? Should we call should we call Gary? <laughs> yeah, let me shoot him a text real quick. Um, I'm just thinking like, you know. The story came out with the basketball player who, and you see the video of him jokingly touching all I the know, mic stuff. That did not age well. Oh gosh! Um, and then so far, I don't think any NHL players have been. There was a staffer at the Shark Tank in San Jose who got uh, positively tested, which was the first team to close down the games to the fans. But I think less than twenty four hours later, the NHL was canceled. Like that's how quickly this thing is moving, yep. and we don't know like what's you know it's four o'clock on Friday now. Like what's <laughs> what's tomorrow going to look like in this in this situation? You know, so yeah, like there will be players who will test positive. I'm almost confident in that. Yeah, it, it'll happen. There's there's either a player or a coach or somebody. They, it, it's bound to happen. Yep, it is what it is. As you long as you catch it. And there's something too, like Tom Hanks. Like once you start seeing celebrities and people that you whose names and faces you recognize, it becomes a little more real. I think Justin Trudeau's wife today uh, was on the list. It's just it's kind of crazy how quickly this thing's moving. Um, who do you you know if you had to think about the the biggest probably um impact that it's going to have on hockey that people might not realize what do you think that what do you think that that is the biggest imp well a guys who this might be their last year yeah and then b 
next year, it's almost like you're having two rookie classes coming in again because this is the time of year where teams call up players. You know, that they just sold off everybody, and they call up young guys from the AHL, guys who, you know, they're trying to get a look at for next year, giving them an audition for the last month. Teams like Ottawa, teams like, you know, teams are out of the race. Detroit. Detroit. This is the time for those guys to kind of come up and make an impression. So next year coming into camp, you're almost going to have two rookie classes coming in because a good chunk of those guys never got NHL experience, and then the management's going to want to know how they're going to do. So, A, the old guys leaving, and B, the young kids who are coming up, it's just going to create a log jam come next year. Yeah, I think I think those are the two biggest ones affected. Like Joe Thornton. What a way to go out if this is his last, you know, run. Patty Marlowe, Ryan Miller, guys like that. I Vince Carter, I, I'm a big Vince Carter guy. Poor guy, played his last game. Like, he played for 22 years. Do you see his, his last moment, though? Three-pointer. Awesome. Not bad. It would have been nice if it would have been a windmill dunk, but three-pointer. <laughs> yeah, guy's like 43 years old. I, I thought it was you know, a good point you just made. I hadn't really... I'm thinking about the playoff teams and all the guys who made runs um, at the deadline that, you know, have a lot to lose here. But the last month of the season is so, so important to those bottom-dwelling teams. But that's that's how their season, their next year has started already. Oh, yeah, you know you're playing I mean? for contracts. That's what the, and that's the motivation coaches will use coming into the locker room. Like, listen, I know we're done. A lot of you guys are playing for contracts next year, so let's go. Well, not only that, but they're like, okay, who do we – what are the young kids? Are we going to give them a chance? Like, yeah. who's, who's going to be on the show next year? Um yeah, I hadn't even thought about that, but that's and a good point. And then do those kids even get a chance now? Because there's going to be a new crop of kids coming in. You know, you're a third rounder. You're in Ottawa. You're like, okay, I'm going to get a chance. They traded away a bunch of guys, and all of a sudden you play one game and they're done. That's it. Your career's done. I bet you you look back this time next year, those kids who got called up still are sitting on one or two games because there's a new crop of kids they want to try. You know, someone's going to have a story 10 years from now. It's like I was going to – get my shot and then the, the virus happened NHL shut down for two months and that's why I never made the oh, NHL I could have been a contender <laughs> it could have been me how man. many guys in, in like minors and stuff have stories like that like oh, oh I had my shot tons if not for this one little thing that happened oh I'm sure people have stories I can't believe John Scott they called him up it was me he ruined my chances there's lots of stories like that I, yeah when I do my hockey events there's always guys you know I I was gonna get called up but then I tweaked my knee and they called up this guy and then I never got another chance. Yeah. But now it's going to be the coronavirus. I, Matt, I wonder if there's a player who got the call the day before the league um, got suspended. Like, hey, we're going to need you. Never mind. The league got suspended. Go back down to the AHL. I have to imagine. I would, yeah. I would have to think there was a few guys that that happened to. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure it's probably pretty much assumed, but have you heard any of your, you know, any events coming up that you were going to go to have officially been canceled yet? Yeah, yeah. There was a Buffalo one that got canceled. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're just going to start dropping like flies. My next one, I don't, I don't have until what is it? April. I think it's May. I have my next one, but I'm assuming that one will be canceled. That's up in Canada, so Canada just plays by its own rules. So <laughs> I saw a hilarious tweet the other day because, like, or not, or not the other day, like this morning, but. Um, the there's a a possible vaccine coming out of Canada. Do you see that report? No. Um, and it's, it's, this is not the joke. This serious. Like they they think they've developed something. And uh, someone tweeted out like, uh, Canada only canceled hockey for like eight hours, and they already found the cure. <laughs> <laughs> Just sheer panic sets in. Yeah. Well, it's the best time of year if you're a Canadian hockey fan. That's it right. is honestly the best time of year. The rush for the playoffs and then the first round is always just so exciting. Especially with the Leafs almost being out. Like, it's just a great time to be a Canadian hockey fan. 
How, oh, how good was that? Like, the Leafs made this late push, and they held on to that spot, and now they're not going to make the playoffs anyway if this oh, gets canceled. A play-in game, and they lose? Oof. That would be just gravy. It would be unbelievable when Tyson Berry turns it over in overtime. Oh, Tell you what, now that would be breakfast. What if uh, Carolina beats him in a playoff round, too? And Jake, Jake Gardner. Gardner yeah. OT winner. Mr. I don't like OTs or Game 7 OT. It's just Boston that just gets his goat. I know. If he didn't play those two games, he'd still be in Toronto. He would be. He would be. Maybe. Maybe. I guess when the other day he got a goal and two assists. Do you see that? I did not see that. Yeah. I do not follow Jake Gardner. I ever I check Carolina's box score every game. Like, what did Jake get? He's still like dash a hundred, but he's he's slowly putting up points. He's behind Barry. Don't worry. He's got twenty four. He's <laughs> yeah. Dash he's eighteen or 24. something. Twenty four. Twenty four. He's having a tough. So year he's, he's zero. <laughs> he's having a tough year on the minus. He's got eleven power play points. I know, which I didn't see coming out of him. But anyways, we'll give you an update next week. I think it's um, wait and see. I hope everyone's staying safe. I hope you're uh, doing well. Take this time to really enjoy your loved ones, everybody. And tweet me if you want to chat. Cheers.